Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions, smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome, Dale Quest listeners. This is a solo cast that we're going to be talking about the outlook on 2021 M&A deals. So we are um, less than two months into 2021, and uh, uh, it's really interesting. I, I um, uh, often look at the outlook that you know at the end of the prior year in terms of what uh, people are seeing in terms of deals. Uh, I don't uh, I think I did a recap last year. Uh, you know, uh, 19 coming into 20. I uh, don't think I did one uh, this year. And it's always easy to get information on M&A deals as opposed to other types of deals. But often, um, if there are a lot of M&A deals going on or, or fewer M&A deals, uh, other types of deals track along with them, although that's not, you know, always uh, definitely in lockstep. Um, but it'll give you an idea of the market. And uh, it's been really interesting as I've looked into it. It's, it's sort of uh, confirmed my experience in the industries that we work in. It's amazing how many different publications, experts, things like that, are predicting a good year, uh, you know, a very robust year in 2021 uh, for M&A deals. So far, the uh, statistics have proven it out. And, um, you know, everything from uh, uh, tech, uh, you know, you look at this, some articles and things like Computer World, there's are insurance industry publications talking about how insurance deals are, you know, are going to uh, uh, be robust. Um, there are uh, publications in pharma uh, talking about how pharma deals are going to be robust. Uh, you know, biotech, uh, logistics, uh, uh, you know, gaming. I mean, you name it, uh, you know, financial services, which I've seen directly, uh, uh, you know, along with tech, we've done a lot of. So why is it going to be so robust? We're in a pandemic. Um, we are have challenges in the economy. There's other challenges in society, right, in terms of political splits and things like that. Um, you, you would think that some of this disruption, you know, and certainly, you know, things like unemployment, there are people suffering um, economically. Uh, you would think that maybe some of those factors would drag on deals, right? Uh, it would be logical to think that might be the case. But let's really examine what's going on in uh, this time in the economy overall and why these predictions on, on deals, I think, are uh, probably going to be pretty accurate and so far have proven out to be in 2021. Well, uh, let's look at a few things. First of all, uh, the one logical thing that people might think is, hey, one of the reasons why deals are going to be strong in 2021 is that we have a, 
you know, a, a more positive outlook in terms of uh, seeing our way uh, maybe towards the, the end of or, or getting to a critical, you know, mass of, uh, of getting past uh, the worst of this pandemic between the vaccines and, uh, you know, and, 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 and things like that. So it's sort of natural to think the economy is going to be able to open up more. And that's what's really triggering it. And frankly, I'm not saying that doesn't play a role, but what belies that being the major cause of it is that the second half of 2020 was unbelievably strong in terms of deals. And, and the second half of 2020 was, you know, uh, you know, major COVID period, right? I mean, yes, we had a situation where in March and April, you know, those were tougher times in May. And then, you know, and then we had a period where, the, where things um, uh, improved in terms of the, uh, the disease, uh, you know, the pandemic and, and um, uh, company, you know, more businesses were able to open, but then they got closed down again, right? In a lot of places, certainly in the big cities. Um, so, um, but still 2020 remains strong. So, uh, you know, it's not just the contrast between what's expected later. Uh, and that's also belied by the fact that uh, deals are strong in uh, across various industries in the beginning of the year of uh, 2021. And we're, you know, not out of the woods yet uh, in terms of uh, various of these things. So uh, if that's not the only reason, uh, and certainly not the major factor, then, you know, then what are some of the other factors? Well, uh, let's let's just talk about this economy, right? Um, you have heard, uh, even potentially from me and other uh, uh, content I put out, uh, but certainly from others, this concept of this K economy. And the K economy says, hey, we have uh, the upstroke of the K and the downstroke of the K, and we have a weird dichotomy in this economy where there are certainly businesses that are suffering, right? They're on that downstroke. You know, they're in restaurants, they're in retail, they're in all of the things where we see uh, not only uh, people losing jobs, but businesses closing down uh, and or even if they're not closing down, you know, if they have capital, if they're bigger chains, whatever they are suffering. Um, so you think maybe that's an impediment to deals. Then, however, you have this the upstroke on the K. You have industries where, you know what, not only have they been less affected, by uh, the pandemic and the economic impact of that and related issues, but they've actually uh, grown and benefited uh, from it, or you know they've at least been unaffected. And certain industries have grown and benefited from it. Financial services is certainly a, a, you know an area that I do a lot of work in and see that tech is an area we do a bunch of work in and we see that um, you know certainly uh, uh, logistics and things like that um, you know where uh, those things have become more important. And valuations have gone up and companies have continued to be able to increase business and, and raise capital, et cetera. Um, you know, those businesses have been robust. But here's the thing about it that's interesting for deals. You really have this dichotomy, almost these two extremes. And the two extremes are actually both conditions that create deals. See, when things are doing fine and they're not, you know, booming and they're not busting, um, frankly, that's a time when a lot of businesses are sort of content. There's not a lot of threats involved. There's not, you know, huge opportunities on the upside. Uh, and a lot of times things sort of go along, right? And there may be less capital available, things like that. Well, uh, when you have a boom economy, uh, there is major amounts of capital available. I think I read there's something like 61 trillion. Uh, it might have been a marketplace article. Um, something like 61 trillion in uh, in um private equity money that's sitting on the sidelines, but ready to be invested. I mean, there's an unbelievable amount of capital still out in the market. And because financial services 
and things of that nature have done well. The stock market has, you know, after a blip in in March, April of last year, uh, you know, has been strong. Uh, investment capital continues to be available. Well, that's a significant factor to fund deals on the upside and even, you know, um, uh, deal with increasing valuations there. Um, so that's, you know, that's the one side. Well, a down economy, right, uh, where people are really struggling is also a, uh, you know, at an extreme, is also a, a motivator for deals because companies need to figure out how to survive, how to pivot. And maybe they combine, maybe they get rolled up, maybe they get bought up, you know, on the cheap for, uh, you know, for, for, for uh, lower valuations just to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to survive uh, or, you know, to be bailed out kind of. So because you have this very, um, uh, you know, divided, distinctive dichotomy uh, in the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, in this crazy economy, both of those lend themselves to, uh, you know, to, to, to more deals. Um, so, and, you know, and then with, with the capital available and the, you know, and the need to pivot, um, people are looking at, you know, relooking at business models. So some of them, some companies are saying, okay, wait a second, in this new changing economy, where can we supplement, all right, what we're providing uh, for clients? Where we can, where can we bring more value? Where can we buy companies and do deals that are in adjacent maybe industries, right? Because, you know, we need to alter our business model because of changing conditions. Um, so that has people looking for, the, you know, for deals as well. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting time. So what does that mean for you and I? What does that mean for, I mean, a lot of these uh, trends and statistics are with bigger deals, bigger companies, but you know what? Uh, often those kind of trends come down market, uh, uh, even if, if it's, uh, you know, whether it's companies, just smaller deals in general, or um, it's uh, very often, especially for some of those, you know, last reasons I talked about, bigger companies are buying smaller companies. So smaller companies may be doing fewer acquisitions as, you know, on the buyer's side, but they become sellers, right? And, uh, you know, and there's an opportunity, uh, an opportunity there. So if you're running a small and medium-sized company uh, and you do the kind of things that make you attractive to potential buyers, this is actually a good time for you, you know? And we can, you know, I've done other uh, podcasts and we've talked during uh, various interviews about, you know, what makes you attractive to a buyer, but, you know, very quickly, I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got a brand, if you've got a company that is running uh, as true enterprise value is running independent from, from you as your services as an owner, um, you know, has good systems in place, good team in place, shows growth over time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other things involved, good management, uh, you know, then you could set yourself up to be an attractive uh, target for, for companies and, and with the amount of capital that's available for them, uh, the fact that they can finance those acquisitions, um, there are ways where you can, you know, take significant money off the table, um, you know, and and um, and then have additional money on the back end. And it might be a situation in which you are going to going to cycle out and retire, uh, or it could be a situation where you could stay on and be employed uh, and even continue to run that division of that company, depending upon who the buyer is, what the capacity is, what they're looking for, whether your your uh, expertise really is important or and, and also your personal you know goals and, and desires. So um, I think the other thing is, uh, is it's always a good idea to um, even if you're running a smaller or medium sized company to follow what the trends are and what the big boys and girls are looking at. Right. Uh, because that can give you clues as to where there's value for you. Um, you know, when companies are looking for adjacent capacities, 
that shows you, you know, where they think there's value, where they think there's going to be growth uh, in a particular area. So, you know, uh, so that may provide you with an opportunity to say, hmm, you know, there may be an aspect of that area. If they see that industry or that geography or that, um, you know, wh whatever it might be, that particular niche, that, that technology uh, as, a, um, as a growth area, that could be a good indicator to you that there might be other opportunities there for you. And it may not be in terms of deals. It actually just may be in terms of organic business growth to say, hey, that's an area I can focus on. Or maybe, you know, it, it affects what kind of uh, R&D or, uh, or products and services you develop uh, because it gives you an idea of what, um, you know, opportunities they see. Um, so, you know, I, I always think it's helpful to, to follow the trends. I mean, it's easy enough these days to look online. Like I said, I mean, there's all kinds of articles in various industries. If you're in the pharma industry, the insurance industry, the tech, you know, industry, the uh, financial services industry, logistics, whatever, you know, look around Google, see, you know, see what deals are happening. Um, see why these companies are doing the deals. What strategic advantages are they looking to get by doing those deals? And how can that inform what you're doing at your level uh, in your business, you know, at this time? Um, now, listen, with any kind of prediction, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, predictions could be as wrong as, as they're right. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Uh, certainly nobody knows what's going to happen, uh, you know, uh, all these black swan events, et cetera. So, you know, uh, you, you always have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know, and the experts are not always right. But I will tell you that the uh, facts so far in 2021 are bearing out what, what many of the publications and experts and industry uh, folks uh, said in some of these articles in late 2020 and coming into early 2021 here. Uh, so, so far, so good. Um, there are factors that seem to indicate, you know, that there'll be opportunities coming down the line. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. As you know, business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, the best we can do is play the probabilities and then, you know, just really um, do the best we can to stay awake and alert uh, to see if there are changing circumstances that might impact our, uh, our strategies. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, listen, it's, and, and listen, there's, a, there's also another factor here that I'm hoping, uh, you know, you folks as, as entrepreneurs and business executives and leaders in, in, uh, companies are taking into account. And that is that, you know, it's easy with all these challenges, whether it's pandemic, whether it's, you know, the, uh, disruption, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, you know, race relations and politics and, you know, division in this country, uh, you know, could easily get uh, you uh, into into a negative frame of mind and, you know, being negative on, you know, and, and sort of extrapolating that out uh, to what the uh, opportunities and risks are in business. And while uh, a an objective view of those factors is important, um, it's easy with the constant, uh you know, between, you know, media and social media and, you know, whatever to, 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 to focus on that. And, you know, there are, and, and listen, I, trust me, I, I, I pay, I'm aware of that kind of stuff. I pay attention to it. There's certain 
areas uh, in which I particularly choose to have impact uh, on particular social issues and political issues, things like that. Um, but I try to have that be one, only one of the pieces of information that informs my business strategy decisions because um, you know the uh, there's always things that uh, are kind of cyclical. There's things that no matter no matter how much drama there is out there, there's there's uh, you almost uh, well, in fact there always is business opportunity. The question is, are you in a position to take advantage of it, to see it, to figure out where it's going, etc. Um, so uh, you know, I I think um, I am. Um, a little more than cautiously optimistic about 2021 for a lot of it. So you can take that with a grain of salt because I happen to be operating in areas that are on that upside of the K curve. We had a, you know, a very strong 2020. Um, and, you know, obviously if you're in sectors that are more struggling, uh, it's more challenging to see that. But again, you know, there's still even, even opportunities there. Um, so, you know, I guess I'll conclude by saying that it was, um, I knew that there were, uh, strong areas on that upstroke of the K. My research uh, in anticipation of this solo cast uh, actually showed me that, that at least, you know, in terms of the, the, the press and, and, the, uh, and more the experts in the industry, insiders, uh, that that upside uh, on the K stroke is across some more broader industries than I realized. Um, and, uh, and most of them make sense, they're logical, right? And I think about it, logistics, insurance, uh, financial services. Um, uh, but, you know, it does seem to be uh, uh, more widespread. And listen, uh, how that is going to end up coming down to the economy as a whole and affecting smaller businesses and affecting uh, unemployment rates, you know, that really, uh, you know, uh, is to be seen. But I am uh, reasonably confident uh, that uh, on this trajectory, that 2021 uh, will be a, uh, in fact, on a structure, I'm very confident, I'm reasonably confident, you know, only because uh, something unexpected could come up that, you know, this is going to be another very strong year coming after a, a very strong second half of last year. Uh, and, and in fact, first like month and a half, two months of, of, of the year, and then, and then especially the second half of last year in the M&A uh, market. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting times, uh, and there's a lot of dichotomies out there, and you could have your judgments on them, but you know, they are what they are, and this is one of them. So, with that, folks, I'm going to leave you for uh, this solo cast, uh, and uh, hope you join me next week uh, for uh, my next guest, and uh, look out for an upcoming uh, solo cast in a few weeks. All right, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.